This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's only one. There's only one pod in the Motor City that's keeping you up to date on everything Detroit sports. This is The Daily Ticket with your host, Jeff Rieger. Hey everybody, what's going on? Jeff Rieger, another episode of The Daily Ticket. This one for October 25th, 2023. This is a Wednesday. Happy hump day, everybody. I would appreciate if you stick around to the end of the podcast, hell, even fast forward if you want to. Because usually at the end of each podcast, I read good comments and bad comments. My way of interacting with everybody, I'm so appreciative of you leaving comments. You would not believe the amount of hate, though, that I got for yesterday's podcast. It was titled, Cheaters Invest. And there was a picture of Jim Harbaugh. And of course, it was about the sign-stealing controversy and Connor Stallions who... We have no idea where he is. By the way, new information about Stallions just came out last night. Not only did he purchase tickets for Big Ten schools, and now we're up to 12 of 13 Big Ten schools, but he also purchased tickets to the SEC title game. He was scouting Alabama, Georgia. For some reason or another, he decided not to scout TCU, though. And then, of course, Michigan lost that game. People did not like that podcast. I do appreciate you for watching. But man, I got some major hate for it. So we'll get to the negative comments at the end of this podcast. People making fun of my looks, my hair, my face, everything. Unbelievable. Kind of hurt my feelings. Actually, I'm used to it. So no, it didn't. But I'm sure we're not done talking Connor Stelgans. By the way, he did not communicate with me. I'm not having him on the podcast anytime soon. I reached out to him. Got no return. I know that's shocking. Anyway, I wanted to talk about something today that I kind of feel went by the wayside, that we did not get a chance to talk about because of the Michigan sign-stealing scandal. And that's the Lions. Now, we talked on Sunday leading into Monday after that horrendous, pathetic, embarrassing loss to the Baltimore Ravens. And I clearly said, and I think a lot of people echo my sentiments, it's one loss, not a big deal. It looked bad. You never want to lose. It's okay to lose. But when you lose like that, yes, it sounds alarm bells. I brought up the point that you lost to an AFC team, so it's not really going to affect seeding. So you should be happy about that. But Monday night, Vikings beat the Niners. So the Vikings are two games behind the Lions in the division. 
But more importantly, the Lions all of a sudden are a two seed in the NFC because the Niners now have two losses and the Lions have the tiebreaker. So that's kind of cool, right? The Lions lose to Baltimore in crazy fashion, upsetting fashion, really, embarrassing fashion. And then the Niners happen to lose and boom, one game behind Philly and you're the two seed. And it's interesting because I said this on Monday, but the best thing about the Lions being good, and we think they're still good, right? We're all on the same page. We think they're a good football team. The best thing about them being good is getting to think about things we've never, ever got to think about before without laughing or being forced to stop thinking about it. Like two seeds, one seed. How many times have you thought, how cool would an NFC title game be at Ford Field? How many times did you think about the Super Bowl? And then, of course, the Ravens game happened. And you stop thinking about that stuff for a little bit. Then we're focused on JMO not getting the job done and Jared Goff not really leading the offense on Sunday and what went wrong and how Lamar torched the Lions and if we should be worried about Aaron Glenn and this defense now. One loss happens to everybody. All the doubts come flooding back. But the Lions still have a 95% chance to make the postseason. The Lions still have a two-game lead in their division. I think they're going to be okay. I do. But it's interesting. Because I do it, and I think you do it too. We all cite this 17-game stretch that the Lions have been on, and they've been on fire. They're now 13-4 and four in the last 17 games. It's a pretty damn good season. That's a 17-game season. That's just so happens how long the seasons are these days. Lions go 13 and four. I think we're all pretty damn happy about that. They've gone 13 and four in their last 17 games. And that includes a couple of clunkers. The one in Carolina last year. And then, of course, the one in Baltimore this year. But it's interesting being a Lions fan right now. Because we're all hoping the team is good. We all like talking about stuff that we normally don't get a chance to talk about. But you know the haters and the doubters, the ones that have the SOL tattoos, they're walking around the same earth that we are, and they never miss an opportunity to remind you. My brother is one of these people. And it's been really hard for a hater like my brother to talk because the Lions had been so good. So, of course, he's going to take the opportunity when the Lions get their asses kicked, to give me a call and throw a very scary theory my way. Very scary theory. Now, before I get to the theory, quick sip. <clears throat> my brother's a Broncos fan. Gave up on the Lions. Says he's Lions free since 90 or since 83. I think he just says that because it rhymes. I don't really remember growing up who he rooted for, but he's been a Bronco fan his entire life. He's got Bronco bedsheets. I'm not even kidding. He's got Bronco pillowcases. He's got to experience three Bronco championships. And part of the thing he likes about being a Bronco fan, not recently because the Broncos suck, but he likes when the Lions lose. Because leaving the Lions, it's not enough that he got to see three titles. No. He wants Lions fans to be miserable. It's like any decision you make, I guess. I mean, how many times do you, uh, I don't know, break up with a girlfriend? 
and you find yourself a new girlfriend. But then you see that your ex is dating a great guy that's hotter than you are. I don't know. And you're like, wait a second. Looks like she upgraded. That guy's a banker making a lot of money. I'm just a radio idiot. Not making as much money. So I guess any decision you make, you always think to yourself, hmm, not only do I want to be happy, but in this case, my brother making this decision against Detroit, he wants Detroit fans to be miserable, right? Miserable. And for the most part, we've been miserable. And yes, I think it's a little ridiculous that he decided to call me after that Baltimore Ravens loss. But what are you going to do? He is who he is. There's people walking around amongst us that are still SOL fans. This team has hurt them so bad that they want the Lions to lose. They don't want us to be happy. And yes, my brother's one of them. So he calls me up. I happen to be in the Meyer parking lot getting ready to go in to do some shopping on Monday morning. And he's like, hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? Had a little pep in his step. I could tell. He was very excited. And I knew what he was going to do. He's going to tell me about the Lions sucking. But he kind of took me for a loop. He started, of course, with the Vikings win over the Niners. And he's like, hey, getting worried. And I'm like, why would I be worried? He says the Vikings won the division last year. They're only two games behind the Lions this year. They just beat the Niners in their own barn. The Niners are probably the best team in the NFC other than the Eagles right now. They already have a better win than you do, talking about the Lions. And he was giddy. And I'm like, the Lions aren't going to blow this. They're two games up in the Vikings. They play them late in the season. The Lions' schedule is easy. I'm not concerned the least. He's like, fair. But then he went on. And he got to this scary theory. That the Lions are not as good as we think they are. Yes, they're good. Yes, they're going to beat a bunch of bad teams. Yes, they should excel down the stretch, he said, because the Lions have the 31st easiest schedule moving forward. But he doesn't believe that we have the right to think like we've been thinking. NFC title game, Super Bowl, everything like that. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, y'all love to talk about this 17-game stretch that I just talked about. Lions went 13-4 and four in the last 17 games. And he's like, 17 games. And I'm like, okay. So I pulled up last year's schedule, and I pulled up this year's schedule. And you know what he said? He said, what do you notice? You beat nobody. That's what he says. You beat nobody. And I'm like, well, hold on a second. You just beat the defending world champions the first game of the season. At Arrowhead. Before Taylor Swift was even there. National TV, first game of the season. That's nobody. And he's like, well, let's be honest, Jeff. I know you won't admit this, but I will. Mike Tirico gave you an asterisk. There was no Travis Kelsey. There was no Chris Jones. And of course, I responded how I always responded. Okay, so the Chiefs are the only team in the history of football to ever be forced to deal with out a guy holding out in the defensive end and without an injured tight end. But he's like, you know, I'm right. Mike Tirico from Detroit called it and gave it an asterisk. You would not have won that game, he says, if Kelsey or Jones plays. And then he added if Kadarius Tony catches the football. And again, I don't know, if I had a million bucks, I'd be on an island somewhere. You can play this game till the cows come home. Ifs and buts, candy and nuts, blah, 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 blah. 
Toby's like, dude, you're not that good. That proves it. I'm like, it doesn't prove anything. So he's like, why don't you just continue that? Go over the games that you won last year. Go down the list of these 17 games that you're so proud of. And I'm like, okay. What about the Lions beating the Jags? Jags won a playoff game last year. The Lions smoked them at Ford Field last year. Do you remember that game? That was similar to how the Lions lost to Baltimore. Lions beat them by 100. Does that not count? He's like, that's one. That's one. That's the only one on the list. I'm like, what about winning in Green Bay? He says, dude, Aaron Rodgers sucked last year. That's not a big win. Packers didn't make the playoffs. I'm like, what about winning against the Giants at MetLife? He says, yeah, they made the playoffs, but they're the Giants. What about the Jets? They didn't make the playoffs. What about the Bears? They were horrendous. So he goes on and on and on, and we play this little stupid game of his. And I'm like, you know what? I've heard enough. I'm annoyed by you right now. I think the Lions are a good team. Let's not forget that they've won seven of their last nine road games. At one point, not too long ago, like last week, they just finished off beating four teams by double digits. Every game I was told was big, like the Tampa Bay game, they went and smoked them, held them to six points. That's not big? No. Tampa's lost two games in his mind. I don't believe his scary theory. He's essentially saying the Lions are okay, they're good, but they're not going anywhere. And that Baltimore game proved it. We have no right as a fan base, according to him, to have these special beliefs and thoughts. And that Baltimore game proved it. The Lions are good, sure, against mediocre to bad competition. But the second you play a really good team, you're going to get your ass kicked. That's his theory. So I'm like, you know what? You're dope, and that's fine. I know you're miserable. Your Broncos blow. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring this to the podcast, the daily ticket. Because I'm not going to bring it to the air. Because I don't trust it that much. But I thought this was perfect for the podcast. I'm curious how many people agree with my brother's scary theory. That while the Lions are good, they're going to beat a bunch of bad teams and mediocre teams. And they should roll in their remaining schedule because it's easy. The only tough team that you really have is Dallas. Maybe to the Chargers. But more than anything, you play the Vikings twice, which, by the way, everybody's scared of the Vikings now. Play the Bears twice. You play Green Bay once. You play the Denver Broncos. They're an awful football team. His theory is Lions are good. Good enough to make the postseason. Good enough to win a garbage division. But not good enough to win a playoff game. And not good enough to do the special things that we dreamt about after the Bucks win. My theory is... He's full of crap. And I'm not willing to go there just yet. And while his theory did stay in my mind for a night so much that I decided, like I mentioned, to bring it to this podcast, I broke it down to my own mind. I'm not buying it. I'm not scared. Halloween just around the corner. Six days. I'm not scared. But what about you? The scary theory, I just presented it to you. Lions are good, but they're not great. Lions will have success against bad teams. But once the Lions face a legit team, they're going to get their asses kicked just like they did to Baltimore, my brother says. So let me know. How good is this team? Currently, they're the two seed in the NFC. 
We know the NFC is worse than the AFC. How good is this team, I ask you? Do you believe my brother's scary theory? Does that even rhyme, scary theory? It sounds like it. Close enough, right? Comment section below, let me know. I am dying to get him the results. Dying. Hopefully he comments himself. I'm going to send this podcast to him after it's done. So do you buy what he's selling? Lions, I sure they're fine against crap teams. But they're nothing special. So don't hold your breath. Don't get excited. Because this team's not that good. That's his theory. And his reasoning was the last 17 games, the Lions essentially have beat nobody. They beat the dreads of the NFC. So let me know what you think. Comment section below. Do you buy it? Now let's get to the comments. It's my favorite part of every podcast. I like reading the comments. You're nice enough to leave comments. If you watch the Daily Ticket, if you listen to the Daily Ticket, you understand that the comments I like to interact with. I read a good comment and a bad comment. Good comment, sometimes the question, the bad comment is usually ripping me. I open myself up for this. I know this. I have no good comment today. Because I have way too many bad comments. Let me read this to you. Again, people did not like my podcast yesterday. I'm sure a lot of them were Michigan fans. About Connor Stallions and Jim Harbaugh. And it was titled, Cheaters and Best. So I understand there might be a little backlash. But the comments were brutal. Here we go. Gidora00. G-H-I-Dora00. Says... Is this guy bipolar? I mean, I don't think so. Maybe. I've never been tested. Let me go to the doctor. I'll get back to you. Starts off like that. Jay Saylor, 1210, says, I'm so sick and tired of everybody's opinion. Let's wait on the facts. Well, Mr. Saylor, that's not how it's done. You got to comment on what you got in front of you. Nobody wants to hear, hey, let's just let it play out. We'll wait and see what happens. It can be a break. Come on. Have an opinion about the evidence that's in front of you. And then if you're forced to change your opinion, you change your opinion. Comments get even worse, though. How about this one? From B-R-Y-J-Mole. Bri-J-Mole says, sorry, dude, but those bangs are not hiding your receding hairline. So many people commenting on my hair. Looks very thin in this light right here. Hmm. Yeah, look at that. But I got more. How about this one? J underscore R underscore Junior says L F A M O, L F L M F A O. Rather, laughing. You know, you know what it means. Says Stallions bought the tickets in his own name. And this intellectually bankrupt douchebag of a commentator has the gall to call him a smart guy? Jesus effing Christ. Left is right, up is down, the rules aren't the rules, shaking my head. Intellectually bankrupt douchebag. Wow. That's tough. Stallions is thought to be this like amazing code cracker, by the way. He is. Thought to be a brilliant guy. He's a captain in the Marines at a very young age. And by the way, did you ever think to yourself that maybe he bought the tickets in his own name because Michigan told him to? So they would have plausible deniability? 
Or maybe, think about this too. Maybe he was told, because while he's a smart code cracker, he's not probably a master of the NCAA rule book. Maybe he didn't think he was doing anything wrong. You ever think about that? Let's not forget that this rule was established in 1994, not because they were worried about teams getting a competitive edge, but because they were worried about teams that couldn't travel to other games. Financial reasons. Let's not forget that this rule was almost overturned in 2021. So maybe Counter Stallions didn't think he was doing anything wrong. And by the way, he might not have been depending on where he got the information and if the NCAA can prove that his network gave it to him and then he used it to steal signs. But being on the sidelines next to Minter, the DC, or Harbaugh, or Sharon Moore, that's not illegal. Stealing signs is not illegal. So the fact that he used his own name, maybe he didn't realize what he was doing was that big of a deal to begin with. Maybe that's why. But again, this intellectually bankrupt douchebag doesn't know what I'm talking about. Douchebag is such a harsh word. I do have one more for you. This one comes from K Motley 517. Says the following. This guy, talking about me, this guy is such an idiot with a punchable face, by the way. He must be a Michigan fan. He must be upset that his program is being dragged through the mud. Sorry, pal. Punchable face, though. I think I'm rather handsome, to tell you the truth. See? Nice jawline. Nose is a little crooked. What are you going to do? When I go like that, yeah. Anyway. So there you go. A lot of bad comments. Thank you for watching the podcast. Maybe these comments are going to be a heck of a lot more positive. But do you believe in my brother's scary theory? That the Lions are just okay. Maybe they're good, but they're good against mediocre football teams. They're not going to do anything special. And the 17 games they just played is proof of that. Because they haven't played anybody. In his mind. Let me know. Comment section below. Maybe the comments in this podcast will be much, much more nicer than yesterday's podcast. Daily Ticket will catch you tomorrow on a Thursday. It's been a pleasure as always. Download, rate, and review this um, intellectually bankrupt douchebag. That's me. Says goodbye. We'll catch you tomorrow. Punchable face. My goodness. Words hurt people.